I want to do this, and I don't seem to ever do it, and I don't want to do that, and I always seem to fall into that, right? I don't know. There's this tension. There's this war going on in our soul. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, this is where I want to start today, and I want to give you uh, several scriptures as we go through this that will hopefully help you, help you and, and settle in your heart. But uh, this is one that, that I love that kind of proves the point of what we're talking about today. He says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your what? Your very souls. There are things that wage war against your soul. Why? Because you are a soul that happens to live in a body. And we have to start paying attention to our souls. And so what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to talk to you about two things that cause us to be tortured in our soul. And then I want to talk to you about two things that you need to tell your soul in that condition. Does that make sense? I want to give you two things that cause us to live in this tortured state. And then I want to give you two ways that, that can help you get out of that condition, that can help you find some freedom in this area of your life. And so maybe you want to write these down. I don't know if you're a note taker or not. You can find the notes on the Bible app as well. But uh, what is it that tortures our soul? Here's number one. We're tortured by things we've done. Tortured by things that we've done. How many of you have ever been tortured? You don't have to raise your hand, but just think about it. How many of you have ever been tortured by something that you did? You did it. It was your fault, and now you're living in this tortured state. You have a tortured soul because of what you did. In Psalm 38, verses 3 through 4, it says, Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. Can anybody relate? My guilt, you ever done something and then you felt like the guilt of what you did was too much for you to bear. It was overwhelming. Anybody ever felt overwhelmed? <laughs> You're, and, and anybody ever felt overwhelmed because of something you did? Something that you made the decision to do. You decided to do. You had the thought. You acted on the thought. You made the decision. You went there. You did that. And now you're tortured in your soul because of the guilt that is overwhelming you. And you don't really know what to do with it, and you're just keeping it to yourself. I remember uh, the first time that I felt this type of being overwhelmed, talking about uh, this sinful nature, um, was, and many of you, I, I kind of shared a little bit about this uh, several months back, but was in the fifth grade when I was exposed to pornography for the first time. In the fifth grade. Now, I know that seems crazy now because kids are exposed to it way sooner than the fifth grade now because it's, you know, it's, it's at your fingertips. And I remember this. You ever, you ever been exposed to something and just something inside of you it was like, oh, you know, you just feel bad and you just feel guilty and you feel this shame and you feel, you know, and, and sometimes those things like that, like lust or, or, or lying or, or, or things like that 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 you're exposed to or that you do one time and then it kind of turns into this habit and then it kind of turns into an addiction. We talked about that a couple weeks ago where the enemy, what he wants to do is he wants to stick his, his foot in the door, you know, and kind of get a foothold in an area and then he can turn that into a stronghold in your life and before you know it, you're consumed by this thing. You're consumed by, you know, you, you started out and it was like, well, you know, I just like to relax a little bit and so I have a little drink every now and then and then it turned into a thing. Then it turned into the only way that you can cope. Then it turned into a habit. Then it turned into an addiction. And now you find yourself in a different place than where you were before. 
We can we could go around the room. We could talk about many different things, and I don't have time today for for the sake of time. I'm not going to. But I think we can all relate on some level where we were exposed to something, we made a decision to do something, and because of what we did, we're tortured. And we're walking around in a tortured condition. Um, many, many of us here today might be tortured because we're living a lie. Maybe it's because of some, some type of secret sin in your life. Maybe you, you cheated on something that, that has consequences if it gets out, right? And you're feeling the pressure and it's overwhelming you because you did, you made a decision. And if anybody found out, if they found out, if, if he found out, if she found out, if my boss found out, if, if my coworkers found out, then there could be serious, I could lose my job. I could lose my marriage. I could lose. And so we're in this tortured condition. We're walking around every day with a tortured soul because of a decision that we made or multiple decisions that we made. Maybe for you, you're tortured because maybe it's overspending, and I know some of you don't get this, but some of you in the room do get this. And, and you, 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 know, you cope with how you're feeling by spending. I'm going to go buy something. I'm going to go get something. And then, and then you know, 30 days later or 20 days later, you get the credit card statement in the mail. And you're like, why? <laughs> why did I do that? Why did I? And now you're in this. Now you're having to pay back. And now you're in debt. And now you're, you're walking through something that you didn't want to walk through because of a decision you made. And it's overwhelming. And there's guilt. And there's shame. And, 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 and you feel like, man, I've just got to keep this to myself. And you're living in a tortured soul condition because we're tortured by the things that we've done. Here's the second thing that causes us to be tortured, is we're tortured by the lies that we believe. By things that we've done, by lies that we've believed. Anybody ever believed a lie? And you were tortured in your soul. I love John 8, 44. It gives us a, an incredible picture of who the enemy is. If you don't know how to describe the enemy, you just need to go read John 8, 44 and allow the Lord to speak to you about who the enemy is and what he's trying to do. This is what, this is what it says. For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. Check this out. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a what? Liar and the father of lies. The enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, is a liar. It says right here that is his character. It's not something, it is consistent with who he is. That is who he is is he is a liar he doesn't just tell you lies he is a liar if the enemy is ever speaking to you you can write it down you can take it to the bank it is a lie every single time it's a lie and some of us are tortured in our soul because we have believed a lie we have believed you ever you ever lied so much that you began to believe the lie Nobody's shaking, nodding their head on that. I was like, oh, no, I'm not identifying myself with that. You know this is true. If you say something long enough, you actually begin to believe that might have actually been what happened. That might have actually been the reason I did that. I've told so many people that. I've lied about it so much that I'm actually beginning to believe the lie. And many of us are believing a lie that the enemy has told you. And you're tortured in your soul because you believed a lie. You've believed a lie. Here's what the enemy will tell us. Some of the lies that he speaks to us, that he whispers in our ear. If anybody knew your secret, they wouldn't like you. If they knew what you struggled with, they would reject you. 
If you open up to your spouse about that, he or she will never forgive you. And we could go on and on and on with what the enemy whispers in our ear. And then we believe it. And we're tortured in our soul because we believe it. We're tortured in our soul because we've believed a lie. Believed a lie. And we believe these lies and feel like we have to take our secret to the grave. But what we don't realize is that our secret is actually taking us to the grave. We think, oh, I can't tell anybody. I've got to take this to the grave. Nobody can ever know about this. And what you don't realize is every time you do that, every time you go another day with that secret in your life, it's actually taking you to the grave. And there's a better way. There's a better way. We're tortured by the lies that we believe. So what do we do when we're tortured in our soul? I believe we have to tell our soul a couple of things. We mentioned it last week where David wrote in one of the Psalms, he said, I have calmed and quieted my I have have taken control of my soul. I have calmed it. I have said, be, you know, we said it last week. Sometimes we need to say, shut up, soul. Be still. Know that he is God. We have to we have to 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 calm and quiet and talk to our soul. We have to tell our soul what to believe. You have to tell your soul what to believe and what you're going to do. And so I have two things now that I want to make a shift. If you're feeling tortured in your soul, which I'll be willing to say, we're not going to raise our hands, but that's most of us in the room today. At some point you've been there or you're walking through it right now that you feel tortured by something in your soul. I want to try to help us today. So here's the first thing that you need to tell your soul. It's better to confess your sins than hide your sins. It's better to confess your sins than hide your sins. And some of you are like, oh, why did we come to church today? I don't, you know, I don't want to. And I would say if that's you, I'm probably talking to you. If you're squirming in your seat a little bit right now, if your heart's, you know, this is probably for you. And it's not to condemn you. It's because God wants to help you. God doesn't want you to continue to live in the state that you're in. And he's telling you there's a better way. There's some things that you can do to get freedom in this area of your life. There is a better way that you can live. You can have life to the full. Some of you aren't living life to the full because you're tortured in your soul by something you've done, by a lie you've believed, whatever it is that's going on in your life. I love uh, Proverbs 28, 13. It says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. People who conceal their sins. If you're trying to conceal your sin, the Bible says, the book of wisdom says, that you will not prosper as you try to conceal your sin. You won't prosper. But when you confess your sin, when you confess your sin, you find mercy. When you confess your sin, you find mercy. But if you try to hold on to it and keep it a secret and just keep it, you know, I'm going to take this to the grave. It says that people who try to conceal their sins will not prosper. Now, has anybody ever had food poisoning before? You can raise your hand on this one. <laughs> anybody ever had food poisoning before? If, if you've had food poisoning before, look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you have not. <laughs> Here's what. Here's what food poisoning, if you've ever had food poisoning before, what it, when, when something goes into your body and, and there's poison, your body does what? It rejects it. It rejects it. It rejects it and it's going to come out everywhere, right? Are you with me? Without going into a whole lot of detail in this moment at 1115 service, your body is looking for any exit 
to get this stuff out of you because it doesn't belong there. There's some poison in here that needs to get out, needs to get out. And I think that hidden sin is like poison for your soul, and you got to get it out. Some of us are walking around with hidden sin, and it's poison, and we're trying to hold this food poisoning inside of our body, and it's killing us, and it's eating us up on the inside, and we need to get it out. We need to have some avenue to where we can get it out because our, our, our soul needs to be cleansed of the stuff that's going on in there if we want to, to, to get out of this state of being a tortured soul. So how do we get out? I want to give you two things right underneath point number one. So this could be 1A, 1B. I don't know if you're like me and that's your personality type and, and you need somebody to just like, you know, i got to write down all the things and fill in all the blanks. And if you're at a conference and you forgot something, you're asking the person behind you like, what'd they say? So this would be one this would be one A. How do, we, how do we get it out? How do we get it out? Number one is we confess to God for forgiveness. We confess to God for, for forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. God is faithful to forgive you if you confess your sins to him. If you confess your sins to God, he will forgive you. That's what we just read. He is faithful. He will do it. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be like, well, is it really going to happen? Is he really going to, you know, is it too bad? Well, what I did, well, you know, does God really know what I did? You know, well, that's great, Pastor. You're telling me to do this, but I don't know if you really know what's going on in my life. If you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and he will forgive you of your sins. He will. It's, it's, it's right there in front of us that he will cleanse us from all wickedness. He will, he will forgive you. Of your sins. But here's the second thing that I believe we have to do. We confess to God for forgiveness. Number, or this would be 1B, I guess. I was going to say number two, I'll throw y'all. We confess to people for healing. We confess to people, we confess to God for forgiveness. See, some of y'all are like, you know, I can handle the God thing. I can confess to God, you know, I can get it home tonight before I go to bed and I can confess to God all my sins. But, but this is the one we struggle with. And there are a lot of us. Walking around forgiven, but not healed. We're walking around forgiven, but not healed. We don't have freedom in this area of our life because we've confessed to God for forgiveness, and that is good. You've got to confess to God for forgiveness, and he will forgive you. The Bible tells us he will forgive you. He's faithful to forgive you. But we're walking around forgiven, but not healed. And I don't know if you've ever heard this statement before, but hurt people hurt people. So if you're walking around in this tortured soul state and, you're, and there's something on the inside of you and you've been hurt by something, you've been wounded by something, there's something going on in, inside of you, chances are you're probably going to hurt people around you without even intending to hurt them because hurt people have a tendency to hurt other people. Hurt people hurt people. And a lot of us, and I know we don't like to hear this, and this is not popular, and I didn't, you know, I was telling the 930 service, I don't expect a whole lot of amens today and for y'all to shout me down because it gets a little uncomfortable when we start talking about this. But, but a lot of us, we're walking around forgiven, but we're not healed because we haven't taken the second step. And you confess to God for forgiveness. You confess to people for healing. James 5.16 uh, explains this to us where James says, Confess your sins to who? To each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. 
confessing to people. Now, let me tell you, uh, let me kind of give you some parameters, and we can talk about this later if you need some more parameters on this. Let me tell you that it's probably, uh, it's probably not the best idea to go to work tomorrow and find the person that you're working with that, that is not a Christian, does not follow Jesus, and start confessing all of your stuff to them. Because here's what you're probably going to get. You're going to get some counsel that you don't need. <laughs> You're going to get some information that you don't need or that you don't want or that is not going to help you. What it says is that the prayer of a righteous person. Who is a righteous person? Somebody that has given their life to Jesus. We're not righteous only through, only through what Jesus did for us. So you need, to, you need to pray. You need to seek God. You need to build relationship. You need to have somebody in your life. Everybody doesn't need to know everything about you, but somebody needs to know everything about you. There needs to be somebody in your life that knows everything about your life, that is praying for you, that is encouraging you. Because, why? Because when we confess those things to somebody else and they pray for us, that's how we get healed. That's where healing comes from. And a lot of us, I'm going to say it again until you believe it, that we're walking around forgiven, but we haven't been healed. And we need forgiveness, but we also need healing. So we confess to God for forgiveness. We confess to people or to somebody for healing. And here's what you need to know about confessing your sins or what's going on in your heart, in your soul to someone so you can be healed. Two things. It will be the hardest day of your life, one of the hardest days of your life. But it will also be one of the best days of your life. In the moment, some of you are sweating right now even thinking about doing this. In the moment, it will be one of the hardest things you have ever done. But you will look back on it as one of the best days of your life because of the decision you made. Because, because it's what God has for you. It's, how you can, it's how you can be healed from things that have happened to you, things that you've done, the things that are torturing your soul. This is where it happens. This is where it happens. We're looking for it in other ways, in other places, and I'm telling you, this is where it happens. You confess to God for forgiveness. You confess to people for healing. Confess to people for healing. I love what one pastor said, and maybe you want to write this down. That's something that I'll keep when I, when I came across this statement. He said, a sign of spiritual maturity is a short time span between sinning and confessing. Nobody's going to be perfect. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. Now, I'm not telling you. Now, this is not what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you that, well, because there's grace, I can do what I want. That's not what I'm telling you. That's not what I'm telling you. What I am saying is that when you stumble, when you fall, when something happens in your life, when, when, when these things happen, when these things happen, God is faithful. When these things happen, the, the sign of somebody that is spiritually Mature is, the, is a short time span between when something happens and when they tell somebody. When something happens and when they tell somebody. And many of us, what we do is something happens and something happens and something happens and we try to bury it and we try to keep it secret and we try to, until we can't stand it anymore and then all of a sudden we're mad and we're angry and now our, our marriage is on the rocks and, and we've got all these problems going on and all this stuff or whatever and then it's like, well, I got, you know, I got to do something and so now we're at the point. But listen, the sign of spiritual maturity is a short time span between when you mess up and when you confess it. 
when you mess up and it's like, whew, I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have done that. I need to get, I need to bring that to the light so that the enemy can't play on that, so that the enemy can't make me feel guilty about that, so that the enemy can't put shame on me. I've got to bring that to, I've got to tell somebody, I've got to call that person up that's in my life. I've got to tell them, hey, I messed up. Will you pray for me? And then you move on. You move on. And, and it's, it's not God that's going to bring it back up again. It's the enemy that's going to bring it back up again, or you. A lot of times we like to bring things back up again. You ever had a really good friend that liked to bring, bring your stuff up? <laughs> I say that sarcastically. We confess to God for forgiveness. We confess to people for healing. Here's the second thing that we need to tell our soul is that Christ will set you free. Christ will set you free. The devil will try to convince you that you will always be this way. And I want you to, I want you to participate. I need some participation. Come on at the 1115 service today. If you've ever felt, had this thought in your mind that the enemy planted in your mind that, that it's always going to be this way, that you're always going to be this way, that this is something you're always going to struggle with. Can I see your hand? My hand is up. Now hold them up, hold them up, hold them up. Now everybody look around the room. He's telling everybody the same thing. <laughs> And we're like, oh, I'm the only one, you know, and I can't tell anybody because I'm the only one. No, every, he's telling everybody the same thing. He's telling everybody that, well, you know, it's not that really, it's not that big of a deal. You can just go ahead and do that. It's not a big of a deal. And then as soon as you do it, then he starts telling you, well, God can't forgive that. And, well, look at what you did. And you better not tell anybody because that was too bad. This is what the enemy does because he's a liar. He doesn't do anything but lie. And many of us are tortured because we've believed it. And I just showed you everybody in the room had their hand up. He's telling everybody that it's always going to be this way. You're never going to get past. You're never going to find freedom. You're never going to get out of this hole. You're never going to get a better marriage. You're never going to, you know, all of these things that you're hearing. It's, he's telling everybody that. He doesn't have any new tricks. He's telling everybody the same thing, but then he convinces us to believe it, and then we don't tell anybody because we think we're the only one. I'm telling you today, you're not the only one. We don't need to believe the lie. I love, this is such an encouraging scripture to me. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and many of you might be familiar with it. It says, the temptations in your life are no different. Somebody say, no different. No different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Where you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Now, let me just, let me just, we hear this a lot, and it drives me crazy when I hear people say this. And if you've heard this, if you if you've said this, then I'm not, you know, I'm, hear my heart behind this. I'm not condemning you. But here's what we translate this to mean. A lot of times, we say something like this: Well, God will never put more on you than you can handle. That's not what it says. God will probably often walk with you through things that you can't handle because it, if you could handle it, He would be unnecessary. If you could walk through everything on your own, why do you need God? So we say things like, well, God will never put, you know, and I hear this, you know, people on TV, you know, and, and it's like, well, God will, never, God will never put more on you than you handle. I was like, that ain't what he said. He said that temptation that you face is no different than what everybody else is facing. Everybody's facing the same type of temptation. But then here's the good news. God says, but I am faithful, and when you're tempted, check this out, there will always be a way out. So here's what some of us need to learn how to do. We're walking into a situation or we're going through temptation or, or whatever it is that, that is your struggle that, that you're tempted with and you're in temptation. You need to start looking for the door. Just where's the door? 
where, you know, start pulling up rugs and looking for trap doors, you know, where you can get, because there's always a way out. He says there's always a way out. Every time you're, t- there's always a way out. Every time. We just got to say, oh, I'm in the middle of this. Where, like, where's the way out? Where's the door? Where's the exit? Because there's always a way out. And you don't have to remain in bondage because there is always a way out. You can be free. Come on, I want to bring the worship team back up. You can be free from lust. You can be free from lying. You can be free from the secret sin that you feel like you got to take to. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to. And God didn't intend for you to live that way. That's not how he wants you to live your life. That's not how he wants you to feel. That's not what he wants you to go through. God wants you to have, come on, he said the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I came so that you could have life. And not just life, life to the full. And many of us, we're walking around and we're not experiencing life to the fullness because we're living in a torture state. We're forgiven, but we're not healed. We're not telling our soul that, hey, Jesus will set you free. And how many of you know that when Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. You're free. All you've got to do is make the decision to start walking in freedom. Just walk in it. You've already been set free. Come on. I've confessed to God for forgiveness. I've confessed to somebody else so that they could pray for me. I could be healed. Now I'm moving on. And God has come through and Christ has set me free. And I am free indeed. And so when the enemy tries to remind you or bring it back, you say, no, I'm already free from that. I've already been set free. I'm walking in freedom. I'm walking in freedom. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to... Come on, is this helping anybody? I know it's helping me. Maybe I'm preaching to myself. Y'all got me up here sweating and losing my voice. But I'm, I'm, I'm so passionate because we're, oh, man, we just, and, and some of, for some of us in the room, we've just never been taught. We've just never been told. We've just never seen this before. And I felt like God said, just show them. Just show them they can get forgiveness and they can get healing and Christ can set them free and they don't have to live in the condition that they've been living in. You can be free. You can have freedom. You can have freedom. It's available for you. I want to read in 1 Peter chapter 2. I want to read verses 24 and 25 really quick and then we're going to pray and sing one final worship song. But it says this. It says, He, talking about Jesus... He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we could be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of what? The guardian of your souls. Many of us, we're just like sheep that we just wandered away. We're living with a tortured soul. We've just kind of wandered off a little bit. We're tortured because of something we did, and we just kind of wandered off. We're tortured because of, of a lie that we believe, and we just kind of wandered off. And here's the great news today. Here's what I believe many of us are doing today. This is my prayer for you, is that if you've kind of wandered off in an area in your life, here's what you need to do. Here's what the Bible says. You just turn to Jesus. And you start following Jesus. Sheep sheep are, are animals that have to be, they have to be led. You can't push them somewhere. They have to be led. You just got, Jesus is saying, here I am. Will you just follow me? Will you just follow me? 
I can give you life to the full. I can, I can, I can take you out. I can set you free from that tortured soul that you're walking around with. You might be forgiven, but you're not healed, and you need some healing in your life. And 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 God wants to set you free. He wants you to be free. But here's the here's the kicker. I'm gonna go ahead and bring the prayer team down. Here's the kicker. You gotta want it. You gotta want it. And the reason I know that you've gotta want it. I remember this in my own life. You've got to want it because what I told you earlier, it'll be one of the best days of your life when you're looking back on it, but it'll be one of the hardest days of your life right now when you're in it. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you'll look back on it and you'll say, wow, I'm so glad that I made that step on that day and I got healing. I was able to move forward. I was able to, to, to move on. I, I, I've just... I've never felt so free. And then you can walk in freedom and, and understand that the sign of spiritual maturity is a short time span between messing up and confessing. So if you mess up somewhere in the future, you just say, whew, I just need to call somebody right now. I need to send a text right now. I need to, I need to get that person on the phone. I need to text them right now. I need to let them know, hey, I messed up. Hey, I'm struggling. And I just need you to pray for me right now. I just want to be healed from that. I want to be able to move on. Because if you don't do that, then you hide it. It's darkness, and the enemy plays on the things that are in the dark. But when you turn the light on, there's freedom. When you turn the light on, there's freedom. So we're going to sing this final song, and I just invite you. I invite you. If you need prayer for anything, it doesn't have to be what we talked about today. It might be what we've talked about today. But if you need prayer for anything, nobody in this room, nobody in here is going to judge you. Nobody in here is thinking anything. Come on, I need prayer. Everybody needs prayer. We all need prayer. If you need prayer for anything going on in your life, I just encourage you, when the worship team begins to sing this final song, just slip out of your seat. Come down. Let somebody pray for you. It's not going to be some weird thing. Just let somebody pray for you. Just let somebody encourage you. Let somebody be there for you. Let somebody speak life over you. Let somebody speak into that situation in your life. Don't let pride keep you from coming for prayer. If you need prayer for anything in your life, when they begin to sing, just slip out of your seat, come for prayer. God, we thank you today for your word. Lord, that we can understand that that freedom comes when we confess to you for forgiveness, when we confess to, to somebody for healing, and that you can set us free. And Lord, I pray you draw every person today who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.